welcome to CAD Speaker Series Podcast. This week, CID Student Ambassador Yushuan Law is interviewing Renato de Castro, International Advisor at World E-Governments Organization and a Smart City Senior Consultant with more than 20 years of experience and specialized in investment attraction and management for smart city projects. Renato just delivered a talk here at CID on new tools to fire up a smart city project. Right. Thank you very much, Mr. De Castro, for coming to the CID and giving us the talk. So you mentioned that there are many definitions and elements of the smart cities, and we wonder, like, what's your, I mean, what's your idea about smart city? I mean, among all the elements you talk about, which ones do you think is the most important? Well, uh, I used to say a lot of mayors ask me if they have a smart city project or not, and how I see the the, the, the smart city. And my question, my answer is always the same. Ask your citizens. So I think smart cities are a place that everything conspires to make your life better. Okay. Being very romantic in, in my right, after yes. the, the, all the technical definition, right. but basically is the use of technology. We're talking about uh, information and communication technology plus uh, internet of everything. Uh, to solve problems centered in the citizens and to make life better, taking into consideration the, all the dimensions of the new economies, like sharing economy, creative economy, circular economy, co-creation, and to make cities more resilient. So in a way, you're talking about, it's not necessarily about technology per se, but about the way of governance, the way of communication between different sectors, including the public, the community, and the private sectors, right? So it's not just about using technology, but about how do you use technology to make people more connected to each other, to make their views more expressed. Exactly. Right? Technology is and will be more and more the main driver, but it's not technology, it's the mindset. It's really a new way to live in society, a right. new way to, to think our our coexistence, you know. Right. So, yeah, I, I gave this example in, uh, in Japan, mm -hmm. in a small village that they are doing the, the what they, they have there, the Zero Waste Academy, and they are now uh, recycling and or, or uh, circulating all the waste, 80% of, 85% of the waste, so there is no technology behind. Right. Actually, was exactly because they didn't have money to invest in the technology they needed, the incinerators, so that they, they developed. have to be more creative. Exactly, exactly. Right. So if we were talking about what matters more is the capacity or the mindset, then do you think it relates to experience or the level of development? Or to rephrase my question, do you think there's a difference between smart city strategies in the developing versus the developed countries? Or they are fundamentally similar? I think that they are process looking for mitigating uh, problems, you know. And maybe in some environments that you have a lot of restraints, maybe you are even more creative because okay. of these, you know. But I think that... Uh, Benchmarking in smart cities is something that can help you a lot, mm -hmm. but you can never lose the track that your city has a, a, a own DNA right. and everything must be really tailor-fitted to the city, otherwise mm -hmm. it doesn't work. It's just not a matter of bringing a technology or importing a, a technique to, to, to develop in your city. It will right. not work if it's not fitted with or it's not uh, mixed or, or balanced with your DNA. So in a way, like best practices might be not so appropriate because what's more important is about this like bottom-up learning experience and also translating the city's own ethos or the culture into the design of the strategies for smart cities, right? I think it's always valid because, you know, 
you, you can learn much faster with with examples, you know, with right. good best yes. practices. But you must take into consideration that the adoptions cannot be strictly, literally the same. And you right. must really uh, uh, customize it for your situation. Mm -hmm. So coming back to the idea that during the talk, you talk about what matters more is the people, because in the I mean, in smart cities you have smart people, and then we wonder. What's the sequence or like what's the causality between smart people and smart city? Do you have smart people first and then the city becomes smarter? Or it's the implementation of this technology and also the governance structure that also help include and that also help to improve human capital? Well, historically speaking, if you consider that smart cities started as we know now in the eighties and also these new generation of millennials are from the 80s, 90s. Right. I think they are contemporary. Mm -hmm. I think, it, but, but uh, probably our society is getting smarter, faster than our cities. So okay. I, I think that that's the point. But uh, some people really think that they are doing something very proactive to change the reality. I think that the reality is pushing more for changes than we are doing the changes. Just to clarify, because when you're talking about the city, I mean, the people are getting smarter than the cities. Are you, when you talk about cities, do you refer to the public sector per se? So when you're talking about the people are smarter than the city, are you trying to say that the private sector, the markets, the communities are becoming smarter than the way the cities are governed? I, 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 when I, when I say city, uh, I think, uh, I, mean, I, mean, I mean the whole interaction, all the stakeholders in the right. city. And society is faster than these, these, uh, the rules. yeah, exactly. Or, yeah. or not, not, but not, not only the public sector. I mean, the, the, the whole interaction as a city, considering public, private, mm -hmm. uh, academy, uh, well, citizens, NGOs, I think this, this is, uh, this for me is, is, is the city, okay? Right. And one stakeholder that society is mm -hmm. really getting smarter, faster than we can manage all this interaction between all the, the these stakeholders. Right. You know? But of course, uh, if you go in in, in, in places that had society has been exposed earlier to technology and get, use it to this. When I say technology, information communication technologies also give you more access. People interact more. So societies like Singapore or Korea, mm -hmm. I think that they are probably living. Uh, maybe five to ten years ahead than us, just because of this intense exposure they they has they, they have been ha uh, having to technology. You know, so I think right. technology you get used to technology, and technology shows technology empowers people. Right. And then when one person is empowered, the whole society gets empowered. Right. Uh, the, the Roman Empire they used to see and the Greeks they used to say that. Human, the, the human beings were intelligent and mm -hmm. people were stupid because so you know the, the the circles and bread and they could manipulate people. Right. People thinking together was not so smart, intelligent as the, the the human being. I think now it's changing. I think because we are connected, yeah. we are we are acting as a, just one organism because we have connection. Mm -hmm. Before. People were just connecting by talking, and right. so it was a physical, geographical limitation. Now we. We are virtual. Exactly. We are virtually, our avatars are everywhere, you know, yeah. we can be global. So you're talking about the proximity between people is not only geographical, but also social, virtual, and also enabled by technological change. Yes, and this yeah. is this is having a very 
big uh, uh, effect uh, in in the in, in the society. That is, before there was a, a law like uh, geography is fate. So if you are is destiny. If you were born in a in a, in a place, or if the place had a bad geographic position, they they had the fate to be you know bad forever or to be not competitive advantage forever. Now what's happening is well. International boundaries are, are disappearing. While we have 500,000 kilometers of international boundaries, we have more than 5 million kilometers of, of uh, optical fiber. So world's getting really connected. Mm -hmm. And you see all the all the, the success of Singapore. Singapore, in, in the end of the 60s, they, they, they were expelled from Malaysia. They were an island without no uh, uh, natural resources, anything. And now... They are one of the richest nations in the world, right. the wealthiest one. You know, they really use it. And Singapore has this big project called Smart Nation. Mm -hmm. So for me, it's the, the best example of a smart city. If you want to experience yourself, how is it to live in a smart city, go to Singapore. Go to Singapore. Everything conspires in, in order to make your life better. Right. You know? However, they are not democratic. And yes. this is a big issue. That's why they are not listed. They are always, they are always in between the five top ones, but they are never the top one just because of this. They are not democratic. But mm -hmm. we are also, you know, rethinking the whole concept of democracy. You know? Yeah, because I remember during the beginning of your talk, you were mentioning that technology becoming a tool for democratization. So I do want to ask you, do you think the use of technology will promote more decentralization or you also tend to help the central government to centralize the power? I or definitely believe that this, this, it's empowerment and this decentralization. And, and, and again, I think we must rethink the, the democracy. Maybe I'm not, I don't want anymore to have rep, uh, someone to represent me in the government. I want to have my own voice in the government. Mm -hmm. With technology, I can do this. With technology, instead of having a politician that will vote for me a project, I can be asked, asked to give my opinion uh, with technology, with my with an application, to to, to decide and and these common decisions or, or the the the. the, the, the uh, what people want as 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 community maybe in the future will be more important than what the the, the, the politician would decide for you. So I think that we are really reframing the, right. the idea of 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 uh, uh, democracy. Right. So I think the existing proximity between local government and citizens will be even shorter when you have technology. So the, the, the people, I mean, the community can really begin to use technology to monitor or like to express their views of the local government. But do you think the central government, the federal government, will have a different attitude of using technology to interact with, with the citizens? Federal government, I think the, 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 the real social organism we have in countries are the cities. Mm -hmm. It's the, where we have interactions directly. Okay? Right. With federal government is the one responsible to keep the balance in, in the mm -hmm. in national level. And it will be, of course, more difficult for them to communicate directly with the, with the, with the citizens. But definitely, we are going, I mean, with all the, 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 the wealth difference in the world, we are really going if you don't change our mindset, we're going to have a new French revolution. I mean, yes. People will cut the head of the... the so I, and I think politicians started realizing this. And also, this new generation are now taking these roles as, as, as politicians as well. So, yes, I think that the, the main role of central government will be exactly try to mitigate this, this big 
differences in, in, in inside the, the country mm -hmm. with very wealthy cities and, and, and other cities that are not so interested. So, so we, we are now seeing this growth of, of uh, smart nation movements, smart region movements, mm -hmm. so you can really smooth the, the, this. Because also it's not good in, in, a, in a national terms that you have cities more competitive than others inside. Right. Otherwise, yeah. we bring internally the right. same problem that we have around the world. Yeah. Right? I think this territorial competition or the spatial inequality within regional countries is also a very important aspect of debate when we talk about technology because there are different views. So some economists, they say that if you have like the reduction of trade costs or the reduction of transportation costs, you tend to promote agglomeration because when all the regions are connected, the stronger ones will tend to absorb the human resources or the uh, the markets from the from the uh, the more behind regions, and then there's also the other argument saying that if you are connected, the smaller region can access the markets, they can access the people. So, which direction do you think is more in accordance with the reality when you have technology? Uh, I think that I think that cities are already and will be more and more fighting for for competitiveness. Yeah. They want to attract investments. Mm -hmm. They want to attract people, talents, and this, this will be a tension that will just grow and grow, and yeah. th this is a big deal for the, gover the, the federal government. Mm -hmm. But in the other uh, way around, uh, if you, you start thinking in a regional integration, mm -hmm. and you can also use this regional integration to mitigate these big problems as traffic, health, and, mm -hmm. and education that we have in, in, in the mega cities. Yes. You know, so, what I see that in the future, cities will play the role of governments or national governments, mm -hmm. and districts will be fighting for competitive competitiveness as we, yeah. we see the cities now fighting. You know, so what what we are forecasting is that probably in the future we're going to have the like uh, district confederations. Mm -hmm. So you have your own district, your own district rules and, and have pilot projects, and we already see these in big cities. But I think that that will become more and more. Uh, 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 right. People, people really want to get roots in something, right. and as more global we become, more people have, uh, more people have this need to to be part or to, to feel belonging to something, right. and, and, and that's what uh, that's why I, I keep saying that cities must keep the DNA. Right. City, cities has a history, a tradition. Technology must cannot overcome this. The technology must just must be something to to smoother the problems, mm -hmm. but must be based. All the development of technology must be based in right. this tradition. Yeah, I think that's also why it is very interesting when you mention like smart villages or smart small cities, because we understand that like different cities of different sizes or of different histories, they have different aspirations, they have different DNAs. But do you think technology will be given different rate of returns to the cities of different sizes? For example, technology might be improving the situation in big cities more than they do with the small cities. If that's the case, how do you make sure that the small cities can also survive and become smart based on their own choice? I think technology has two roles here. Mm -hmm. First first one is really to try to address two problems and mitigate these problems. And the second role is also technology creates a, a, a cosmopolitan environment. Mm -hmm. So when you talk about young people, young generation, probably they are thinking about migrating much more to live literally and, and live this cosmopolitan life, mm -hmm. then harder to look for opportunities or... So I think technology also can, can, can bring these, these uh, perspectives. You must understand that 
with all the trends that, that we have for the future. One that is really strong and it becoming more and more is the, the augmented and virtual reality. Yes. And then when you, you, you get the level of the, that, that the virtual reality will be part of our lives, mm -hmm. doesn't matter if you are in a big city or in a small city, you know, mm -hmm. maybe to access to this technology you'll be easier if you are in a in a in a in a bigger city you know but right. that's why bringing to small cities is good mm -hmm. and also you've mentioned that uber is a very smart city concept and then we see that in a lot of countries so for example in china i mean the legislation is trying to think about how they react to the uber phenomenon and then so i wonder what's your suggestion about local government trying to keep up with this technology I mean, how would they legislate in terms of the regulations and also in terms of the reaction between market and public sector of how they... What we see now is even academy, even the universities cannot follow the development of the market. I mean, we cannot research as fast as things are, uh, things are being implemented. And can you imagine the, 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 the ruler, rulers or government or legislative sector, it's, they, they were always slower than, than the change, mm -hmm. but now what they, they need to understand is that, okay, uh, we must be really uh, uh, rational in the sense that we must balance the market, we cannot break the, the, the market, but in the other way around, you really must change the matrix that, that, that we think. Mm -hmm. I mean, it has changed. There was a, 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 a disruption, and we must understand that this is already approved by the society. So it's, it's useless if you want just to rule it, if you don't have the support of the society. You, we are back again to the problem of the French Revolution, you know. Mm -hmm. It's just... People are empowered, we know what we, we want, and, and all these solutions just were born, were created, because we had bad services in the past. Mm -hmm. So we didn't think, and what I think is a good exercise for government now, is thinking, what can we change in what we are offering as public services to, to our society now, that in the future will not be a, 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 a disrupted by a new technology that will, will crash us down. You know? Right. But the idea is that because um, if a lot of this technology is provided by the private sector, and then in some countries, in some cases, you see these big technology companies, they're merged. So in a way, they dominate the market, and then they're almost in the monopoly position. So do you think that there's, um, do you think they can effectively internalize their social costs? Do you think there's a role for the government to play to balance? Yeah, I, I'm more Adam Smith, you know. Mm -hmm. I, I really think that the, the market, uh, the, the invisible hand will balance everything mm -hmm. because it's just a matter of time. Right. And again, the disruption now is speed, everything is changing very fast. Right. But uh, yeah, uh, I mean, uh, government must be aware to avoid big crisis. Mm -hmm. So this is, I mean, you cannot crash a whole sector just because there is a new technology. Mm -hmm. And you must rule on it also to not to protect but to keep the balance I think right. that, that that is the the, the, the word but the, the change is you know you cannot avoid it thank you very much for the talk and the interview my thank pleasure you. my pleasure thank you for the invitation if you want to learn more about CID in our events please visit cid.harvard.edu